0: Forever, Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. Now he you off a brain breakdown. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real
1: man. What's up, three bees? What's up, my diamond dogs? Listen to how good I sound. I have a whole setup at my house right now so that I can talk to you from the comfort of my own home, which I am very grateful to have and also lucky to have. Um, I got my job going on. Again, very grateful and lucky to have that. So thanks for everybody. Thanks to everybody that's hung in there while I was uh, popping and cracking without this setup. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to you. And thank you. Uh, Also, just grateful to you and thankful to you for listening to this podcast in gen, you know, um, because without you, this would just be me talking into the void, which is what most things feel like these days. Uh, But because I know you're listening, I know I'm not doing that. So I I keep talking, keep saying things. I keep watching baseball. I keep playing baseball. I keep doing it. I keep doing it for you. And I would say up top here, I'm going to get back into the swing of interviewing folks now that I've got a setup and I might be able to have some time to clean my office. I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of one of those people that just um, generally has a mess. And then I sort of, you know, stage things on my couch. My couch is, it's the old couch of my house, which I then moved into my office as an office couch which I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, I can hang out on that and I can read and people can sleep on it if they need to. It'll be great. Also, I can't throw things away, especially something as large as a couch. I was like, we got to keep it. So needless to say, it's in my office and it has become what I thought it would be, which is a sorting staging area. I just kind of put things there and then maybe I put them away, maybe I don't, but that's where they go. Um. So thank you for this. I'm going to hopefully get some interviews with some people what I, w- what I wanted to ask you to do is to send me via or via, however you pronounce it. I say via, you say via, and we all go have fun tomorrow. Send me some rosin bag questions. And you know what? I'm opening it up to anything. It doesn't have to be baseball related. I will likely find a baseball lens through which to look at your question. However, I do not mind if you ask me questions that are not inherently or intrinsically. Those are just two of my favorite words. I went to school. I can use two cent words. I bought my degree. I can pay for a two cent word. Um, it doesn't have to be baseball related. I'm I'm in a mood to answer questions, period. So send me whatever you need. literally anything you need. Ask me those questions. I'm in a question answering kind of mood. So next week, Send those to the at3swingspod swings pod, uh, handle, please. You can tag me in them if you want to, but definitely send it to at 3 swings pod and at Forever Dog Productions, I believe is the Twitter handle. I mean, I could look it up, but I have something on my phone that I want to tell you, so I'm not going to look it up. Eh. Bench Coach Brett isn't in my house with me right now, so sorry. Um, you know, I'm running on three wheels here. They did make three wheels illegal, but... I still drive one from time to time. Um, Although I would say the reverse three-wheeler is legal because it doesn't flip over as much. I think that's why, because I had a three-wheeler that was one wheel in the front and two in the back. And I think, you know, they flipped over a lot. But also you could be driving it and just catch the back wheel on something and be flung to your death. So a lot of hillbillies were mad about that. You can count me as one of them, but uh, grateful because I did almost perish on that three-wheeler many times, many, many times. So sometimes, you know what? The government does need to step in and tell you what to do. This government so much, not so much. I do not want them to step in and tell me what to do because they want to do all the wrong things, which brings me to the thing on my phone that I wanted to read to you. It is possible that you are like me and you are having a difficult time. This is not to say that it is comparable to the difficult times that other people trying to come to this country are having. It's just that you may be feeling like, I don't know what to do. What can I do? Is there anything I can do? What can I do? Number one, I think that you have to take in this information and really think about it and really think and understand what it means. I think that we all have to spend some time making sure that we do not allow these images that we've been seeing for years now. Um, these images, this, this has been going on since right after 9-11. So pretty much my entire adulthood, this has been going on. That's not anything I've ever ignored. Um, I think it's important as thinking people, as people who move towards progress, who perhaps themselves progress and or evolve, It is important to look backwards to understand how we got here. However, I would argue that that is not the only thing we need to do. We need to be smarter for the next time. But perhaps consider screaming at people for not seeing it a year ago perhaps does not have the same value as this has been happening for a long time and we need to stop this right now. I'm also not shaming anybody. Do whatever you want to do. You're free to do that. But I don't think that these sort of trolling of people um, to say Obama to everything that's going on is necessarily helping given that it does kind of sound like it's coming from the other side. So I don't know. Um, I'm getting highly political on here, but I think that uh, we're in a time that we need to be highly political almost all the time. I don't know that there's ever been a time that I haven't been political because when you are coming from or put into a group that when you even just open your mouth and discuss a thing that isn't simply I ate lunch today, um, you tend to be politicized. So uh, I'm not going to stop talking about these things just to get through daily life or whatever in an easier way Um, than that is to say to ignore it. (laughs) You know, like a a t-shirt sort of slogan, a, a rallying cry of the Gay rights movement through the eighties, in the nineties, into the nineties was silence equals death, and I think that applies to everything. Um, so I I keep that in mind on top of everything. Um, so what I wanted to mention, the thing that is on my phone that I wanted to tell all of you about that you might not know what to do. Um, someone you should follow is Clint Smith the That's C L I N T S M I T H one 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 or I I I. Um, he tweets out a lot of good information. Often, his takes are solid and informational and smart and human. Um, he tweeted out an organization, which I believe is uh, Rice's, Texas. I apologize for my inability to pronounce things correctly. I apologize. Um, I went to a, schools in this country, so I didn't learn. Um, it is at R A I C E S. T-E-X-A-S. Um, this is a Texas-based organization. They're raising money for the babies who have been separated from their parents by ice, by cookies, cupcakes, or pan dolce for your coffee to help out families in need or donate directly. Um, so you can find that online. Um, there is also a large list on Act Blue LLC to support the kids at the border. Um, so you can find that on Share Blue or uh, share blue slash act blue. Um, so look them up and you can donate money, time, whatever, you know, promote them, whatever you can do um, to help because these organizations have been working against this for a long time. And this has been accelerated in the past couple months. Um, so I know we, we all are, you know, pinching pennies and everything, but if you can take a little bit of mo- $5, do whatever you can, Um, To throw that out there, I'm sure that these people would help. Also just um, helping educate others that these organizations exist, helping to educate others that this is not um, okay, and this is also something that this country has been engaged in since this country was founded. Um, This is who we are, and perhaps this is not who we want to be any longer. Try to change your frame of reference to one that understands where we're coming from like I was saying up top that this uh, has been something that we've been doing in the past. And I don't just mean the recent past hundreds of years. Um, And so to understand, confront and uh, acknowledge these things is a way forward, I believe personally. Um, So yes, again, this is highly politicized, but I don't know that when you start putting innocent adults and children Separately in cages in abandoned Walmarts across the southern border, you can really keep your mouth shut. Um, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast, but I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to what I'm saying and going, Yes, I agree, I'm going to do this. Um, because small amounts of change are the ways that we change these things. There is no way for us to pull a lever and have this stop, but we do have to talk to each other. You have to in some way confront, if you're a white person especially, confront your relatives with racist leanings or just straight up racist existences. You either need to move on from them or you need to talk, say this is not okay. And if they do not care, then they're not a good person. Like we just can't, the, the, the time is now. There's not, we cannot wait for the next thing. Because I don't know that we can even imagine what the next thing will be. And we cannot wait until, I don't know, we cannot wait, period. Um, so, <laughs> with all that being said, uh, I will be back after this ad. Um, because this is what helps the podcast get made. Uh, pays rent for the studio, pays rent for the the things that we record this on. Um, Helps my bench coach Brett sustain a life. This is why I record ads. And so I will be back after this ad, and I will talk about baseball after that. <laughs> I'm a simple person. I like simple things. Sometimes I get complicated. It happens. We're complex beings. That is the unfortunate upside of having these brains that we've got. But luckily, we've got brains that let us choose. And I choose Tomboy X underwear. That's right. I wear Tomboy X underwear. That's exclusively all that I wear. That's all that my drawer has in it. That's the only kind of drawers I got in my drawers, is Tomboy X. Because for many reasons, I mean, I feel... Like me, when I put them on, it fits my whole aesthetic. It makes me feel more comfortable. Plus, they've got these awesome underwear made out of micro Modal fabrics. You've heard me talk about it before, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's super comfortable. I play sports in them. They're comfortable like I'm not even wearing anything at all. And it makes me very happy to support a company that understands what I need in a way that maybe I didn't even understand. It's time for you to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Underwear with more frills than function. Underwear that your mom got to fem you up. Underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself is Tomboy X. They've got bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, soft bra- bras, racerback bras, boy shorts in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. All options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in, and that's anybody as well. Go to tomboyx.com/baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And three swings listeners get an extra fifteen percent off with code baseball. Again, code baseball for an extra fifteen percent off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. You will not regret it. Go to tomboyx.com/baseball. All right, we're back. Again, what a great ad read. Just one of the top 10 ad reads in the country, I think. Um, A little bit about baseball. Something I haven't covered fully too much is Mike Trout this season. He's on track for his best season yet. He plays his 1,000th career game this Thursday, and his stats through 1,000 games put him in rare company in almost every statistical category he has 1,123 hits. He has a 60.5 war, already the highest in Angels history. He has a 308 career batting average, 988 OPS, higher than the following through 1,000 games Mays, Ott, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Frank Robinson, Rogers Hornsby, Hank Aaron, Ken Griffey Jr., and Barry Bonds. That is some rarefied error up there. He's got 6- 631 walks. 224 home runs, more than the following through 1,000 career games. Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Mike Schmidt, Lou Gehrig, and Hank Aaron. Those are some names, plus 178 stolen bases. I mean, the stolen bases doesn't hold a candle to Sophie Curry's, the Flint Flash of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, but he'll get there, and he's only age 26. I have so many feelings about Mike Trout. He's very gr- good at baseball. He's very good at baseball. If you have not watched Mike Trout play baseball, and I don't mean in person, but if you can do this in person, I saw Mike, Tr- Mike Trout hit a home run, and I was like, I'm glad that I saw this, that I witnessed this, because this will this is history, which is kind of the thing that I love about baseball the most. Every sport is living within its history all the time, but I don't think any sport most, more so than baseball does this. Because because of the speed of the game, which is that there is no defined speed of the game, we're continually talking about the game as we're watching a new game being played, and each game is entering into this vast pantheon that has been created over a century of human existence that has coincided with so many other human events, and that we put these tiny pins into this wall of baseball over time, over a hundred years. And we are continually comparing each pitch, each swing of the bat, each step on the field with every single pitch, swing of the bat, and step on the field that has come before it. And to for that reason, that's why I'm in love with the sport so much. And I cannot quit it. <laughs> I thought the other day because I play on my baseball team. I have this baseball podcast. I watch baseball often. I'm in two fantasy baseball leagues. And my job is baseball related right now. I was like, am I going to make myself hate baseball? I thought that as I was going to sleep. And then I got up the next day and I immediately turned on MLB Network. And I was like, I don't hate baseball. I just don't think there's going to be a day that I hate baseball. There's a de- There might be a day that I will hate the MLB. <laughs> um. And I, I have a lot of qualms and dislikes with it and some hatred for some of it. Um, because it is a business and maybe I'll get to that in a minute. I mean, I want to keep talking about Mike Trout, but at the same time I also saw Rob Manafred or some other millionaire talking from behind a podium about how the the good results they're getting from time clocks, pitch clocks, all this shit of, you know, speed, speeding speed of game changes that they're making that yeah, all of baseball is so excited about it. And I tweeted the other day about how uh, the the regular occurrence of extra inning games is just thumbing its nose at the pitch clocks and speed of game changes and stuff. You can't get rid of that. I mean, once they get rid of that, I might be out of Major League Baseball. If they decide that there's a cap on on extra innings or, you know, they do the runner on second in extra innings, I might be done. I might be done because that would take away for me the essence of the game, which is that you cannot predict when it will be over. You have committed to this game. You, you knew what you were signing on for, which is that you don't know when it's going to end, uh, which is what I like about it. And there's something to be said about a basketball game being generally 75 minutes or whatever. That is u- unique to that game. But baseball is not basketball. Baseball is not football. Baseball is baseball. Baseball. And so if they make those changes, I might just start, I don't know, finding other baseball teams to watch, independent leagues, those kinds of things, following that. That that might be what I would do. But I'm not there yet. Although I am following a lot of other types of baseball. So I want to give a shout out again to Baseball for All. There's a lot of awesome young kids playing uh, through Baseball for All. They all went down to Vieira, Florida. Lots of them made the... U.S. Women's National Team, and I'm saying Women's National Team because that's what it's called, but it is inclusive, um, I believe, at least. If it isn't now, it will be very soon. And Baseball for All is a very inclusive uh, organization. And while I do argue for girls and women to be included more in the baseball conversation, I do appreciate the fact that Baseball for All as an organization is named that because it is inclusive inherently to say Baseball for All. So the implication is baseball for those who do not currently have baseball. And that's what I'm all about. So shout out to Justine Siegel and Baseball for All and their organization and what they do and and who they support and and bringing the game to those who need it the most. Uh, But back to Mike Trout. I mean, we are just witnessing history. Each season is historic. You know, Mookie Betts has had a historic beginning to his season. Loving watching him play. J.D. Martinez... Um, but Mike Trout is, you know, he's just this like specimen of baseball and it could be the fact that he's like a white guy. It could be the fact that he looks like he's in the army. I don't know. It probably is a lot of those things. Um, oh, also that's the other thing that I might, that the MLB might kick me out on is, um, the sort of impending militaristic takeover of like all sports and none more so than baseball and football. And I mean, I've been watching it for years, so it's not like I think it's some new thing or anything. But it's just it's gotten more and more intense. And um, I went to a, a Dodger game the other night with with friend of the show, Paul F. Tompkins, who did a very amazing thing, which is he invited me to this game. And I was so excited to go to this game with him. I got there, sat down, we started talking, and then I looked over at this man who was walking down the stairs, and lo and behold. It's our friend, Nate. And I was like, oh my God, Nate's here. And he was sitting with us because Paul pulled a reverse surprise party and invited people and didn't tell any of them that their friends were going to be there. It was really great and really wonderful. And I would recommend doing it. It doesn't even have to be at a baseball game. It can be at something else like hey, want to go see this? And then invite some people that all know each other. And then they all show up and go, oh my God, I get to see all these people, not just this one person. What an amazing surprise. It was truly wonderful and made me very happy. So I highly recommend giving the reverse surprise party a shot. But what I was going to say is I went to the Dodger game and I do tend to get there early because I do get worried that when it's a bobblehead night, they're going to run out. And some kid behind me was like, Oh, they ran out. And I was like, how could they have run out? It's six 30. And then I got there and they had plenty of stupid bobbleheads. So I got one anyways. Um, but the problem with getting to that, those games early is that you make it in time for the national anthem. And for the past, what, five years, four years, I've felt increasingly with each nearly hour, uh, just I don't know if uncomfortable seems too too simple of a word here um to stand and sing along or whatever to the national anthem um at a baseball and or basketball game um and I have tried to avoid it for that reason because i I mean years and years ago, if you haven't done this already, you should um you should read all the lyrics to the original unedited national anthem um, because there's a whole verse um, about slavery that we conveniently edited out of there. Um, So for quite some time, for years and years now, I, when I am, I I don't uh, participate in it as much as I possibly can um, because oftentimes I am a single queer person at a major league ballpark standing alone um, and so I try to be just as as removed from that situation as I can, so anyway, I was at the game, and uh, I heard that song, and it just I couldn't stand up. I was in the like hallway around the thing, and I just couldn't do it and there was a time last fall cam my wife Cameron Esposito, and I went on a tour called the back to back tour and we Went to many places. The shows were great. If you came to the shows, hey, it was great to see you and thanks for listening. Uh, but one show that we went to uh, was in San Francisco and it was when the, you know, the the quote NFL anthem protests, which is bullshit because they're not anthem protests. It's police brutality pro- protests that take place during the national anthem so that you will pay attention and now you are. So let's talk about police brutality. But we don't because then we might have to s- talk about that issue. It was heating up and the Dallas Cowboys, like all of that was going on. And Cameron and I had a show and it just felt like all of this was going on. And we decided between the two of us that we were going to kneel for the national anthem at the beginning of the show. And we chose Whitney Houston's rendition from the Super Bowl in the 90s. Um, and we came out together like it was a regular show. And then we both knelt down, and the national anthem started. And the reason that I'm telling you this is because is not because I want credit for this. And I'm sure it's impossible to talk about it without that that seeming like that's what you want. And if that's what you believe, I, I mean, I'm telling you that's not what I want, but if that's what you believe, I understand. so. But I will say in that moment when we did that, And it was around the same time that uh, Jerry Jones or whatever the hell that guy's name is the the billionaire that owns the Dallas Cowboys he also knelt down and I have this image of him burned into my brain kneeling with these football players who all have their helmets on I think in that anyway I don't remember but he is looking in the camera with a smile on his face and I just remember thinking what a despicable coward he was and so when I did that when we knelt. At that on that stage during the National Anthem, I thought about every instance of police brutality that I've been witness to via the internet, the conversation, I thought about it. And I don't know that there's ever going to be a time that I will hear that song and not think about it. And that is what those protests are for. It is not for an ego. It is not for attention in the way that we think about attention. It is for attention because they're trying to get you to look at at an issue. And I I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I think it's because everything that's happened, that is what our national anthem stands for this country. And what our country stands for is what's happening in our country. And so I would ask you when you hear that song and when you look at that flag, ask yourself what it means, not what it means to you, what it means today and think about it. Have that thought that goes, I don't like this. And then think, why don't I like this? And don't put this conversation on the internet. Have this conversation with yourself. Spend some time with yourself thinking about what's going on in this country and what all of it means. And come to a conclusion yourself what these things mean to you. Not what you've been told, what what it means to you. Okay, that's my conversation about the national anthem um, and the flag for now uh, back to baseball, I guess um, the NBA and NFL fan bases have been obsessed with goat debates lately. Is it possible to make an argument for greatest baseball player of all time or do the unique variables of baseball, dead ball era position players versus pitchers, et cetera, make the conversation impossible. I think bench coach Brett is correct here that you can't actually have which to me is the sort of like democracy of baseball, although many people would probably scream in my face that the greatest is X, the greatest is this. I mean, the thing with baseball is you have to kind of generally say, this is the greatest left fielder of all time. This is the greatest center fielder of all time. The greatest right fielder, the greatest third base, the greatest shortstop, the greatest second base, the greatest first base, the greatest pitcher, the greatest relief pitcher, the greatest closer, the greatest catcher. This is the best hitter in terms of power this is the great hitter greatest hitter in terms of cut so like you can't kind of can't I mean there's a pantheon of great players I mean Ricky Henderson not necessarily known for his power but like he holds the most stolen bases of all time and you know who holds the second most stolen bases of all time Sophie Curry's the Flint flash that I mentioned earlier so you can't you can't really just say you can't you just you just can't there's many greatest of all time, but there's not one like there seems to be in basketball. Which, by the way, just saying that LeBron James is currently the greatest of all time does not diminish Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. Like, try to have a little more expansive thought and the fact that, like, I mean, whatever. You can argue that rings is the only thing that matters. I don't think that's true. I think that we're we've transcended to a different level of accomplishment and Michael Jordan was collecting the rings and LeBron James is on a different trip. So whatever. I mean, I guess I'm arguing for the fact that the NBA also can't do it and I just don't care about football. So I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, Brett might be correct there. And all this being said, how are the angels not on track to make the playoffs this year? What will it take? They're eight games out of the wild card and nine and a half games out of the division. Well, I think that kind of answers the question. They need to be in a different division. I think, Hey, put the angels in the national league, <laughs> give it a shot, switch the diamondbacks and the angels. Both fan bases are furious with me right now. I straight up. I don't know what the angels need to do. Like, I, I don't. Well, their pitching staff. They need a better pitching staff. Uh, Otani is supposedly not out. Like, we didn't talk about this last week because I forgot, and I'm sorry. But uh, unfortunately, Otani has like a tear in his UCL, um, which sounds bad to me. Um, I think that, hey, divisive sports thought here. I think the fact that we are pushing sports performance. To these like strength levels that we maybe haven't before, but we also have because we were uh, knee deep in the '90s uh, PEDs and stuff like that, which is like falsely, and myself included, we have believed that all of that has gone away. It's just that they've created new drugs that the tests don't scan for yet. So I hope everybody knows (laughs) that that these guys, like Mike Trout, included. That is not a natural body that he has. Bryce Harper's legs, he looks like Popeye doing a handstand. You know, like he can't... This isn't possible. I mean, I know that this is all these guys do and it's all that they've done. So, of course, they've devoted their whole life to something, which in and of itself is almost a drug. But I feel like the the um, regularity of these like severe injuries to lats and ucls and acls and mcls like all these things like we are going to keep killing people for these sports like cte is a thing not just uh, predominantly in football but in all sports and like sports should be agility skills and also you know like sports intelligence and i don't mean you know you have to have a high iq but people talk about Basketball IQ, baseball IQ, football IQ, like, I wish that we were focusing or pushing more toward that, the skill, the chess of it all, as opposed to, like, bulking everybody out and people getting hurt and done by age 22. Um, but hey, <laughs> I'm not a dude, so <laughs> I get my, my opinion on that is probably irrelevant, um, Anyway, I feel bad for Otani, and I I do kind of feel bad for the Angels. Like, I mean, just... I At this point, I would like to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. Like, honestly, who wouldn't like to see Mike Trout in the playoffs? At least the postseason? At least a wild card? Something. Come on. All right. Meanwhile, the team that swept the Angels last week is the Mariners. Is it time to take the Mariners seriously? One and a half games back of the Astros, Gene Segura's leading the AL in batting average. Yes, it is time to take the Mariners seriously. They have what the Angels do not have, which is a top-to-bottom hot lineup right now, and which is Mitch Haniger. they've got Gene Segura, they've got Ryan Healy hitting the ball, um, Kyle Seeger hits occasionally, um, and Mike Zanino behind the dish. They've also got, who have they got in the outfield? I can't even remember. Anyway, but they've got James Paxton, Mike Leakey, who nobody is talking about, but who is regularly scoring 20 points or above per performance in fantasy baseball. So he's doing well. Um, They've also got Marco Gonzalez throwing well. Felix Hernandez is hit and miss, but mostly hit. And a great closer in Edwin Diaz. And Matt Matt LeBlanc? No, that's the guy from Friends. something. Anyway, um, what they have is a roster. And that is unfortunately what the Angels are missing. Cozart did not do what Cozart thought he was going to do. They're just not hitting. You know, they're just not. I mean, they do hit, but they also don't is the problem. And the Mariners, for the most part, do hit. So I I take the Mariners very seriously. And I think they have a strong shot at the playoffs if they can continue their performance after the All-Star break. This is the the issue for every team, with the exception of the Astros. I feel like the Astros are the only All-Star break-proof um, team in baseball. Yeah, I stand by that. I think they, yes, they are. Um, because Cleveland had a notoriously awful second half, despite having that 22-game win streak. Lindor and Ramirez essentially went ice cold until... August, the win streak. So they Cleveland has a great rotation. Corey Kluber, curious if his back is going out. Um they need another arm. Uh Carrasco got hurt over the weekend. Luckily it's not broken, but you get hit square in your pitching elbow. That's gonna take some time. So they are going to need to pick up two arms, I think. This is Cleveland that I'm talking about, um, before the deadline because their bullpen is Not what it used to be, um, which I think is uh, uh, um, because of losing Mickey Calloway, which not a lot of people put too much thought into. But they lost their pitching coach to the New York Mets, and so there's some some, uh, adjustment time going on. Um, But they have a pretty solid rotation in their back-of-the-end starters. They just need that fifth guy, that fifth arm, and then a couple bullpen people. But on to... The NL, the Nationals are making moves. They acquired Kelvin Herrera from the Royals. The Royals get outfielder Blake Perkins, third baseman, Kelvin Gutierrez, and right-handed pitcher Johans morell or Morrell for Herrera, one of the most desirable bullpen arms available on the trade market. How much do this, does this move the dial on the Nationals? I think a lot. I think a lot. Their issue has always been the bullpen. Sean Doolittle was really locking it down. But these days in baseball, everybody's got two closers. You need two closers, not just for, because you have to look at workload. They can't close (laughs) seven games a week. Not that they do, but I just mean you need more options than just this guy. You just do. You just do. What if he goes in, doesn't do well? You got to have your backup guy. So I think that the Nationals are prepping for what they need down the stretch. This is what you've always got to do. The stretch is what you need to prepare for. Not right now, not tomorrow. The stretch. Eyes on the horizon in baseball. If you are trying to make it to the World Series for perhaps the last time that that is a possibility, you need to do it now for later. So I think it's a great move by the Nationals. I'm curious to see how their week goes. Um, and speaking of the Nationals, Juan Soto, 19 years old, hits 312, five home runs, 12 RBIs in 23 games. And the Nationals found their Bryce Harper replacement. I believe so. <laughs> I believe Juan Soto. Um, also a fun fact, on Monday, Solo crushed a pinch hit homer against the Yankees in the continuation of a game that started May 15th, five days before his big league debut. Now that is some back to the future part two type shit. And I love it. That is why I love this game. So what are the series to watch this week? My money is on Dodgers, Cubs, the Nationals, and Yankees. And yes, Brett, this would be a good recurring segment. I'm also, I've got my eyes on Cleveland and Chicago because Cleveland just lost to the Twins, right? They lost some to the Twins. So just curious, you know, because we keep talking about, oh, there's all these rebuilding teams and stuff. Well, they're still playing baseball and they're still beating teams and it still means something. So I'm really curious about how all this is going to shake out. I want to see how the Diamondbacks keep going. Um, I want to see how their pitching staff works out this week. That's what I'm looking for. So that's been the the baseball week. Right after this, we'll come back with a few Twitter questions, which I like to call Rosenbag right after this.
0: Hey, Three Swings listeners, I'm Kelly Nugent and I co-host a podcast with Lindsay K. Ty called Public Domain Theatre. We read aloud classic and not-so-classic literature from the public domain and provide real-time reactions. It's like getting the snobbery of Masterpiece Theatre with the commentary of Mystery Science Theatre 3000. We've already had amazing guests like Mary Holland, Nick Weiger, Stephen Ray Morris, and even the host of Three Swings, Rhea Butcher. If you love Rhea's take on baseball, You'll love our approach to classic literature, because needless to say, there's a lot of bullshit to unpack and a lot of patriarchy and pulp to smash. We've read about baby psychopaths, cat killers, literal manhunters, mean girls from the 1920s, unfrozen cavemen, and even a universe where women rule the world. Ow! can you even imagine? If you're looking for somewhere to start, you've got to listen to Rhea's episode, where we just about died laughing reading Sherwood Anderson's short story, The Egg. Seriously, by the end, we were laughing so hard we were sweating. It was great and gross. So check out Public Domain Theater every Thursday on the Forever Dog Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app.
1: We're back with one rosin bag question. That's why I ple- pleaded with you up top to send me some new ones. Um, this one is from Pie Mary. I don't remember if this was asked before, but today at the Cleveland baseball game, my friends and I were discussing what our walk-up songs would be. What would yours be? Mine is I Want to Be Your Joey Ramone by Slater Kinney, which is a great pick, Pie Mary. Um, I have many picks, and I was recently walking Murph, uh, who is my dog, uh, listening to Dwight Yoakam, and I was like, I should do Guitars Cadillacs as my walk-up music, (laughs) which I like. Um, I'm also a big fan of heaven is a place on earth. That's what I threw my Oakland days first pitch out to. That's also my walk-up song in my baseball league. So that's a fun one. Um, I've also joked many times on Twitter that I would like Bohemian Rhapsody in full to be my walk-up song. And then my other pick would be like a hurricane by Neil Young unplugged. That's a fun little dirge. That's the thing is I'd like to have a walk-up dirge. You know, like some Blackheart procession or something like that. Three-mile pilot. You get it. Uh, Mary also sent me the list of everyone's walk-up songs, which is on MLB.com, and we'll probably post in the footnotes of this. But this is pretty amazing. Um, let's see. When you go to it, look, and it's on Spotify, too. Of course it is. Jose Altuve's got Kygo Firestone. Sorry, I don't know. Chris Bryant has Crisscross warm it up, of course. Bryce Harper's got Moby uh, doing Flower. Aaron Judge is DJ Khaled. Don't quit. I know what he likes to quit doing. Anyway, this show's for kids. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, he pitches to We Are Young by Fun. That's hilarious. Uh, Mike Moustakis likes Bone thugs and harmony Look into my eyes. Cleveland, yo, what's up? So this is a fun little website to go to. Check that out. That's a good one. Um, also who is it? Austin Hedges, the catcher of the San Diego Padres has careless whips whisper as his walk up song, which I think is just a hilarious joke. I think it's a joke, Uh, but I'll end on this little story. So as I was telling you before, my friend, Paul F. Tompkins invited a bunch of people to the game. One of those people was the aforementioned man walking down the stairs. Who is my friend, Nate. He is also from Northeastern Ohio. That kind of relates to this story. He, I think, worked in IT briefly, and uh, someone brought their computer in to have it fixed because there was a, what he described as a minor hard drive issue. And the person that brought that laptop in to have it worked on was none other than Cleveland Baseball's center fielder, Kenny Lofton. Um, when he told me that, I was very excited, and he said they were they had to work on his computer, so they had to open up the computer to work on it went on the hard drive, and scattered all about the hard drive was all of his walk-up music of all times. So it was like a hundred snippets of all of his walk-up songs. How cool is that? What if you had all of your walk-up songs? Also, I feel like everybody should get to have a walk-up song. I mean, I guess that's kind of what iPhones are for, but we've used them for other things that are less important. So... Send in, this is what I want to see for next week, part of Rosin Bag. Send me your walk-up songs. Please include a YouTube link so I can hear what you're talking about. If I don't know what it is, because I am a cusp millennial, so I don't know everything that all of you are talking about. Um, I am really looking forward to that. Uh, I want to hear your walk-up songs. Tell me your choices. You can, you can send me multiples. Let's keep it at three each. Can you do that? One through three? Top three. Great. That sounds good. Um, And in the meantime, be kind to each other. Stand up for each other. When you see something going wrong, stop it if you can. Listen, learn, educate yourself. Keep your eyes open. Keep your hearts open. Protect each other. And if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.